The fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy in General. Welcome, everyone, to the Fig Pod. It is 2022 first podcast of 2022 and it's gonna be a good one i think it's gonna be outstanding first of all and foremost because we have a giveaway winner we do so some lucky individual mm-hmm. is gonna be repping fig merch fig yeah fig gear mm-hmm. yeah what else though fig fig frocks <laughs> okay <laughs> I like that. Okay, so yeah, so t-shirt, mm-hmm. mug, yes, and a sticker. Absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah. Also on the website, if you check it out, they have like pillowcases, um, hoodies, notebooks. The hoodies are pretty cool. Yes. But there's some stuff that's kind of strange. Like you Such can buy as... you can buy a tapestry. Can you really? <laughs> yeah. I think you can even buy like a baby onesie. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Which, hey, for those of you who have tiny little figlets out there... Yeah, it's an option. It's must-need apparel. Yes, merch comes in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. So, but without further ado... Okay. Who oh, is... Oh, roll. yeah. You go. <laughs> the it. winner is... <laughs> T. Barksdale. Yes. At T. Barksdale won the giveaway on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much for everybody who participated. Yes. And we had we, quite a few entries. We did. Yeah. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. We're very, very excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't like merch, first of all? I love merch. Yeah. Put me in every giveaway. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but we will be contacting... T. Barksdale. Uh, keep an eye out for that. And yes. we will be asking size, shipping address, things of that nature. Yes, and we will send it your way. And do not forget that if you did not win and you are dying for a piece of merch, which it's going to be our new, um, not a new logo, but a new... Uh, design? Design, mm-hmm. yes. Um, we have two designs now. At our store. We do. On TeePublic. Yes. You can find that link on Instagram. You sure can. Get shopping. Yeah, do it. New year, new you, you know? I mean, it's a perfect post-Christmas present. It is. I I don't know about you, but after Christmas, I have... Um, I, it it's just has to do with online shopping. That when you are shopping for Christmas, mm-hmm. you know... You get packages to your door almost every day. 
because of gifts that you're buying for people. It's exciting too. Yeah. And it's not even for me. It's just exciting to get packages every day. And so then when it suddenly stops after Christmas, it's really hard. It it is hard. You know? You go through withdrawal. You go through package withdrawals. (laughs) Yeah, package withdrawal. I wonder like if the UPS man is okay because like I haven't seen him (laughs) in a while. (laughs) Do you have the same one all the time? (laughs) No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're best friends. Oh, gracious. Um... No, but there is a there is a guy that lives around the corner that's like has a pod during Christmas. Okay. He works for UPS. Interesting. And so like and then I see people like load up at his house. No kidding. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. Seems a little insecure. Yeah, I mean I hope I mean pods are not I mean they're big, but I mean that's They're big and you can it. lock them, but it's possible that they can be broken into. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's very clear what it's for, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> don't, don't steal my presents that are in that pot. Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, what's new? It's a new year. Do you make resolutions? Um, I don't typically make resolutions. No. No. You? Uh, no. Yeah. I don't like to disappoint myself. Yeah, I figure making a resolution is something that I'm just going to be upset about myself with in a few weeks when I don't keep it, and so I don't. Yeah, I mean, I have things that I want to, like, try harder at. Sure. But I'm not like, I'm going to do this this year. Yes. And then literally never do it. Right. Like, I want to drink more water. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good goal didn't succeed today (laughs) (laughs) not today but it's not a resolution so i'm not disappointed in myself exactly exactly um not that we're ragging on anybody who's made resolutions if you make a resolution that's great and you can keep it yeah awesome more power to you i do want to read for pleasure more this year because i read a lot of textbooks right now it stinks when you're in school because you when you're taking a class and you know you have textbooks to read you feel guilty reading anything (laughs) else yeah but i okay this last semester i learned a lot Mm -hmm. you know i cracked open zero percent of my textbooks that i needed really yeah you didn't need them for class no yeah when yeah when you have a professor who they make you buy the textbook Especially, it's especially interesting if it's a textbook that the professor has written. Oh, my goodness. Um, So it's just to boost sales. But then they let you know that no exams will be based on material on the (laughs) textbooks. It's all going to be based off lecture. Well, then why did I spend $100 on this Uh, book? I know. So, well, my resolution for this year was buy electronic versions of textbooks only. You know what? I used to hate electronic versions of books, but I love them now because a lot of the Things that you can uh, buy textbooks on have apps and you can just, you carry a library with you on your phone. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And you don't, like, I rent books a lot and so now I don't have to deal with shipping it back. They just take it away from my Kindle pretty much. Oh, you can rent them electronically? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, it is cool. It is cool not to worry you have to ship it back. That's can be a pain when you forget and you're like, oh, I got to pay all these fees. I know. And then the box is just sitting next to the door for weeks. Some of you may be too young to remember these things, but there used to be things in the world called video stores. Like Blockbuster? And Yeah, like oh, Blockbuster. Okay. And Blockbuster 
I hope you're not too young to know. Had know some people are. There's one blockbuster left in the country. In like Oregon, right? I think it's in Washington. Oh, in Washington. It might be in Oregon. It's up in the Northwest. Yeah, somewhere up there. Um, and I think they do it just for like, I think it's almost yeah. like a museum. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so people can go and be like, who Whoa. even? Because who even has a DVD player anymore? Not very many. Yeah. The only reason I have a Blu-ray player is because I have an Xbox. Isn't it crazy how, I mean, you think of Redbox, and that's already almost obsolete. It's getting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's getting there. But what I was going to say is... Sorry, I I changed the subject. (laughs) Talking about late fees for returning books and things like that at Blockbuster, (laughs) they used to have exorbitant late fees. Yes. Like, if you were a few days late returning that bad boy, it was... You were better you off just well buying. The movie. You were just yeah. better off buying the movie. It was insane. Did you ever just keep a movie forever? Yes. <laughs> One time I felt bad because I forgot to turn in a movie. It got like put on my shelf and f- totally forgot about it. And I think it got rented under somebody else's account. <laughs> and months later, I looked and saw that, and I was like, "Oh man, that stinks." <laughs> No, bummer. But nobody ever said anything to yeah. me, so... What do you... I couldn't even remember I mean, who rented it. Not your fault. So if you can't well, remem- I mean, it is. If you but... can't remember who rented it, is there any... Then that's on you. Is there any guilt? Point. No. Mm-mm. No, I don't <laughs> Probably, so. but I felt bad, but I was like, oh, cool, I got a movie now. I don't carry a lot of guilt in my life, you know? I know. Oh. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway. Well, so with that being said, reading... Okay. Yes. Uh, one thing that I did start, mm-hmm. okay, for mature figgies only. Okay. Okay. Is I have watched The Witcher. Okay. And I have started reading The Witcher. Oh, you did start reading it. And it's very good. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty excited about it. Good to know. Yep. How many books are there? I think there's eight. Oh, gosh. Okay. There's yeah. quite a few. Yeah. Not an insurmountable number, but quite a no, few. Yeah, quite Are a few. Are they big books? No. Mm-mm. Oh, really? No, I think uh, I have it on my Kindle, and I think it said like five hours for the first book or something. Not a, oh. Not a ton. Yeah. That's a quick read. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was estimating my reading speed. That always stresses me out. Like, I, I know. feel like I, I have to like... beat myself. Like, it has I to go it. lower and lower. And I hate it when something, when you're reading and then something occupies your time and you put it down and yeah. you get up and go do something for 30 it's, minutes and come back. And it's suddenly like 12 hours. Yeah, and it's like, no, <laughs> no, I just had to get up. Uh, your reading fluency has plummeted. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so started that. We'll see how long it takes to get through them. Okay. I don't know. I start class next week, so. Yeah, and then comes that guilt with, well, you don't have much guilt in your life, but you just feel bad <laughs> yeah. reading a book for pleasure when you know, I know i got to read this book for yeah, a grade. Yeah, and then grade. that textbook is like staring at you on the shelf. Yeah. And you just shut the door, you know. But. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can. Anyway. If you can't see it, you reading, it doesn't exist. You reading anything interesting right now? Besides The Hobbit, of course. Did read the first two yeah. chapters of The Hobbit. Yeah. Um and or reread them. I've read mm-hmm. them before. Um, I'm trying to think. Am I reading anything interesting right now? I don't think so. I need to get into another book. I haven't had a good one to get into in a long time. Read The Witcher. Maybe. Maybe. Do you play the video game? Did you say that? I have not played the video game. Oh, okay. Oh, but you got it. 
Did did do you have it? I purchased it on Black Friday. Okay. Off of Steam. I'm a PC gamer and I have not played it yet. Oh, okay. It had a okay. really good sale. And so I was like, yeah, I'll buy it and give it a shot, but I heard it's really cool. I have it won game of the year, I think. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I'm just not a big gamer, so mm, I have one It depends on the game. I have one game. Pokemon Snap. I do. Yep. You play a little bit of Mario Kart. Uh, or Diddy yeah. Kong Racing. Yeah, but I can sit there and play Pokemon Snap for like eight hours. Kelsey. So. All you do is float down a river and shoot pictures no, of Pokemon. There's a certain amount of skill involved. There's. Is there? Yeah. You have to find like hidden passageways. Uh, find like rare Pokemon. I wish you guys could one. hear my eye roll. <laughs> it's fun. Your son likes it. He's eight. I was eight when I discovered Pokemon <laughs> Snap on the Nintendo 64. And it's just continued, huh? It has. When I saw that that was being released, that was the best part of, I think, they announced it in 2020. So, yeah, I mean, that was easily the best part of 2020. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a whole lot good about 2020. So, and then yeah. receiving it was the best part of 2021. And, yeah, because they yeah. delayed the release, right? Well, no. You misread the release date. I misread date. the release date. Yeah. yeah. It happens. So it, it happens. I want them to come out with a new Fable game. Oh my gosh. I love me some Fable. That just like rocked my memory. What rocked your memory? Well, I just forgot about that game. Oh my gosh. I love the Fable games. Those were good. You know what else was a good game? Here's here's what I do with video games. I don't like to play video games, but I love watching people play video games. My wife is the same way. But she would play and I would watch her and I liked watching her play video games. Which, but Kingdom okay. Hearts. Okay, yeah. Kingdom that Hearts, cool that's a one. classic. Yeah, that was a cool one. They've come out with new games in recent years. Oh, really? I can't remember how. I think the latest one was like two or three years ago, but they have come out with more recent ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I used to play uh, DuckTales, too. DuckTales was a cool video game when I was a oh, kid. Oh, really? Oh, it was a classic. Man, GoldenEye, James Bond. Yeah, I mean, see, I like the classic ones. I just don't like... Uh... I don't like the video. I don't like to play the video games where it's what is it called, like open world or something. Oh, or, those are the best ones. I, I don't know. I just don't understand what to do. Like Animal Crossing. You I don't do whatever. Get it. You, oh, well, that's Animal Crossing doesn't <laughs> count. No, I'm just saying, like oh. when you are just dropped somewhere and you have to figure it out. Like no. Well, no, they give you some guidance in the beginning. Like, okay, so like. Bethesda is a video game publishing company that's come out with things like Elder Scrolls mm -hmm. and Fallout. Those are okay. massive open like massive okay. open world games. Like there's pretty much nothing you can run out of to do yeah. if you want. You can stay on the main storyline if you want. Okay. Which there are people that like that. You just it's like it's called like having a game on rails. You just go from the next stop to the next stop and just keep going until you finish it out. Which is what I probably would do. Really? Yeah. There's so many side quests, though, that you can do and, like, trick your equipment out and do all this cool stuff. I don't know if I would do that. Man. Maybe. Probably not. Sometimes they can be a little overwhelming because there's, like, the Fallout games, there's, there's so much. Really? So much that you can do. It's a little overwhelming sometimes, but... Yeah. 
So you're a gamer. I do enjoy playing games, yeah. Okay, all right. I do, I do. I don't get a, as much of a chance to do it now as I used to, but yeah. I do enjoy it. Such is life of an adult. C'est la vie. Mm. All right, well, mm. we also have an email. We do. In response to our tough questions. Our most recent tough questions that we did last week. We do. All right, so this email is from Colin. It is from our good friend, our Colin. Our good friend, Colin. Um, I always love reading his hot take. Yes, absolutely. All right, take it away. Okay. He first writes, don't feel the need to read all these points. I originally meant to only send two, but my fingers kept typing. No we worries, Colin. We appreciate your fingers continuing to type. We do, because I will read the entire email. Yes, we will. Says the first... Because the, the last part is the best. Okay, and I, I've got a response already. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, mess, don't mess with me. Um, so... He says, in regard to our best duo question we had, he said, the first duo that came to mind for me was Han and Chewie. Classic. I can't think of any better. Kirk Very and good. Spock. But, yeah, okay. go oh, ahead. Okay. Whoa. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just going to agree with him. Great choice. It is a good choice. But you're feeling feisty. I'm feeling feisty okay. because you're making me feisty oh, with okay. your last little part of this email. Okay. All so. Right. As for transportation, this is a good choice. I would definitely want an X-Wing with R2 as a navigator. Excellent. The chance to lock S-foils in attack position is too much to pass up. Here's the thing with that. Very good choice. Real quick. Uh -huh. Okay, so when I first read that, I was like, oh, dang it. Why didn't I think of that? That would be amazing. But mm -hmm. classic Kelsey, okay? Okay. I actually wouldn't like that because I'm not trying to go into a fight. I'm trying to run away from it in the Millennium Falcon. Fair enough. Okay? Fair trying enough. to escape. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Just side note, Colin, I would destroy you with the USS Enterprise. Um, <laughs> anyways, moving on. You were on a Star Trek roll last week. You know, it's awesome. I, you, you know what I've been doing? Okay, it. you know what I have been doing this last what? week? I haven't started reading a new book, but I've been re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, you have? Okay. Yes. All right. Number one. Um, Empire Strikes Back has my favorite score, mm. Colin says. The mm -hmm. melancholy themes and the grandiose overtures help make it one of my favorite films ever. It is okay. one of the greatest yes, films. It, yeah, it is. It is phenomenal. Yeah. It's incredible. 100% uh, agree with you both that the Upside Down... 100% agree with you both with Upside Down instead of Reaver's quote-unquote shiver. I mean, that was an easy question. I, I think so, too. Yeah. That, yeah, that Reavers would be quite rough. I just love our reasoning, purely to die quicker. <laughs> yes. Just run towards that yes. Demogorgon and Take just me. get it over with. Um, and then, oh Here gosh. we go. Here, Here we, we go. go. Here's Kelsey's thing. And, I'm and I love his uh, abbreviation as well. Yes. I think to answer Vader versus Voldy, I went with the assumption that they could block force versus magic mm -hmm. and vice versa equally, yes. Yes. which led me in thinking that Voldemort would easily win with his variety of possible attacks. Agree. Disagree. What? How? If force and magic are both neutralized, what does Vader have that Voldemort does not? A lightsaber. No, not neutralized. If they can block equally... Yeah, they could Then block Vader each has the other. advantage no. with a laser sword. No, he's just saying that they could block each other. But because of Voldemort's variety. But if he can block magic, does the variety matter? 
could he block every single spell coming at him no matter what? Could no, Voldemort I don't think so. block every single attack with yes. the force that Vader does yeah. no matter he what? He could become a puff of smoke, no problem. What? And then, like, appear right behind Vader. He wouldn't even turn in time to know what's happening before oh, a sudden green light comes and Vader, he's dead. He can sense it. Vader can sense what's coming. It's I understand that, but not quick enough. Sith and Jedi have a spike. How do you know the speed of his be able his being able to detect how do you, a disturbance in the Force? How do you know? I he's Darth Vader number one. Well, he's oh. one of the most powerful Force practitioners to ever exist. Oh my bad, you're right. Good point. <laughs> I mean, okay, so any what's okay? What's the word? Okay. What the sauce for the goose is the same as the sauce for the gander. Literally never heard that before. Okay, well, there you go. You're, is you're, this like a hunting? You're welcome. Thing? No, it's not. What sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. So you're saying that Vader couldn't sense it coming, like all this stuff. How yes, does he Voldemort? Could. How does Voldemort? No. How can Voldemort sense what's coming or know what's going to happen? He could sense what's coming he yeah because that's him using the force i'm just saying that volmort's so quick with it he wouldn't be able to keep up okay how do you know that vader couldn't keep up and detect it and be able to launch a counterattack? have you seen his like agility in that suit have you seen voldemort voldemort just yeah i mean walks okay. like a creepy ballerina <laughs> okay. yeah, fair okay fair ray finds it a great job he did. No, I agree. He did, okay. but he he went a little bit too hard. In the last one, he did a little bit. Yeah. Well done, Draco. Yeah. Um, but uh. Anyway. Vader still wins. Anyways. Well. Colin finishes off by saying, "Thanks for a great episode, and we've already read chapters one and two in the Smith household. Well done, Draco. Well done. Mm-hmm." Because this is going to be a great episode. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, with that, let's move on to some boats and quotes. Mm, you got it backwards. Quotes and boats. There you go. Boats and quotes. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Quotes and boats. With Kelsey and Bob. All right. Quotes and boats, where I say a quote, you say a boat. Yep, that pretty much sums it up. Yep, all right. So <laughs> I'm trying to uh, reduce my uh, instruction time. Explanation, Explanation time. Explanation time. Yep, there for sure. Go. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're on board with that. You want me to shut up? No, gosh. <laughs> I'm taking everything so personally. I'm just a little bit on edge after the You're mad because Voldemort's dead. No, he's not. Well, oh, he is for sure dead. Well, Vader's just like dead. Well, he's definitely Vader's doing dead the too. Sith happy dance. No, he's dead too. So. Oh, no. Spoiler mm, alert. Force ghost. Okay. <laughs> anyway. The original force ghost. Not the Hayden uh, Christensen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my god. Redo gosh. they did. Oh. The explanation I, yeah. I heard was because it was the last time Anakin was good. No, he was good at the end when he killed yeah. the Emperor. Jeez. Yes. It's Dumb. the last time Anakin. Please. Anyways, go ahead. 
a good actor or a good like what? Well, the I last mean, time he was good was <laughs> Hayden Christensen was in never the womb or <laughs> probably better than he is now. Yeah. All right, you ready? Ready. Let's do it. The kind of a uh, different kind of quote. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready. Ready. You have to say who said it. That's it. Who said it? Yeah. Okay. Because it'll kind of be obvious. The legacy of these movies is that my children's generation will show them to their children. So you could be watching them in 50 years' time easy. I'll not be here, sadly, but Hagrid will. Oh, gosh. The legacy of these movies? Yeah. So it sounds like it's from a director. Okay. Am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. Then it's J.K. Rowling. No. Oh, is it uh, Robbie Coltrane? Yes. Oh, yeah. who played Ruby as Hagrid? Okay. Yep. yep. Did you watch the reunion? Not yet. Oh, that I was the not. part that got me. Oh, man. Oh, it got me. I th- at first, that? when you said that, I thought you were, when you're talking about, I can show my kids, my kids can show their kids in 50 years. I thought we were talking about Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh. But. No. Yeah. 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 And he says, I won't be there, but Hagrid will. True. Gosh. Mm. You're so right, Robbie. <laughs> and he got like his his eyes got a little misty. Aww. Oh man! Did they do a tribute to Alan Rickman? Uh, they did a tribute to everybody that passed, passed yeah. that worked on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. including Richard Harris. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else, but those two for um, sure. Oh, you know who else passed was uh, John Hurt, who played Ollivander. Oh yeah, he did. Oh, and um, oh my goodness, what is her name? Uh, uh, Narcissa Malfoy. She did? Yeah, she did, I think, this year. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure she had breast cancer. Oh, that's so sad. Um, Something like that. Yeah, they got choked up about that one, too. Yeah, I can Uh, imagine. Goodness gracious. Let me see. I gotta figure that out. Was, uh, oh, is it, is it Jeremy, what's his name? Jeremy Northam or something like that? I can't remember his name. I don't think that's right. But the guy who plays, uh. Helen Mc. McCrory. Helen McCrory. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Lucius, was he on there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a funny guy. What? No, it's not Jeremy. It's Jason something. Um, Lucius. Jason. I am not good with actors' names. Um, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, that's yeah. it. Jeremy Northam is another British actor that oh, I man. get. He's... He plays bad guys a lot, and I got him confused, but yeah. He's so good. You he gotta good. watch that reunion. Okay. It was very good. Okay. Super good. I'll watch it. I hope all of my figgies watched it as well. <laughs> Better have. HBO Max. Gotta have HBO Max. That's true. So Bobby's login. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Boat me. Mm. Jeopardy style. You ready? Oh, Okay. Answer must be stated in the form Boats of a question. for 100. The largest, the largest of the three ships used by Christopher Columbus. Mm. Um, so we have... Think of your childhood song. The, the Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. The Pinta. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> For some reason, I want to say pina colada, but it's not. Oh, my gosh. uh, Oh, my goodness. Well, the Santa Maria was the biggest. What was the Santa Maria? 
You tell me. You're the one that you answer in the form no, of a question. No, I am. I just did. Oh, that's your question? Yeah. Was, uh, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. What's the third one, though? It's the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Oh, the Nina. Well, mm-hmm. that one's clearly the smallest. Sounds like it. Right? Sounds like it. I don't know okay. for sure, though. Bonus question. Oh, okay. You ready for this? Yep. World's first nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. Nuclear powered? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing that? Why not? I don't know. Um, aircraft? This is boats. An aircraft carrier is a giant oh. ship. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. The Nina? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, has a, it has a fantasy name. Really? Galadriel. Okay. Fantasy oh. in general, science fiction in specific. You like how I drop the name of the podcast in there, fantasy yeah, in general. I know. Yeah, I liked that. Um, World's first nuclear... USS Enterprise. Yeah. Oh. oh, you didn't answer the form of a question. Oh, what is the USS Enterprise? This bomb. Boom. For five hundred. There's actually a ship that was called the USS Enterprise. How big was it? As Could big as an aircraft carrier. Like <laughs> a boat or well, a ship that carries. An airplane. Multiple, Well, it's really. multiple jets, yeah. And They're it, floating and can, cities. Yeah, and it can float. Yeah. It's the same thing, like, as flying in an airplane. I don't understand. Well, that's, you know, physics and math. <laughs> I don't get it. It's huge and very heavy. And I'm, I'm assuming boats are, too. Ships. Yeah, how does that float? Do you have any idea? How could that? How could something that big possibly float? Not being a ship designer or a mathematician, I could not tell you right Somebody's now. Somebody's got to let me know. But we probably could ask someone. It's just bizarre to me. That stuff does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's really why smart I people. do not go out on boats. Do you know, I know someone. He's retired now. He used to work for... Oh, man, I can't think of it. Aircraft designer. Oh, it's down south. I can't think of it. It's not Lockheed. It's something else. Maybe it is Lockheed. No, I can't remember. But um, he designed the landing gear on F-18 fighters jets. The landing gear? The landing gear. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of pressure. Talk about a stressful job. Yeah, no thanks. Those pilots' lives are literally in your hands. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be like a quick no thank you job to me. (laughs) I don't want anybody's lives in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Not at all. All right. Well, quotes and boats. That was quotes and boats. Now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors before we get into the meat of our episode. Welcome back as we begin our new series. Yes. I'm kind of excited. I, oh, yeah, I can imagine. I'm really excited. Got a little carried away with our outline. Yeah, I know. I added a lot of stuff to it. So we'll see how long this takes. I thought, oh, here's a couple things that I'll put in here. And then um, I just kept going. Kind of lost control. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see how long this takes. You were us. a little unstable. <laughs> yes, a little unstable. Um, of course, this is chapters one and two of The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And by one John Ronald Rule Tolkien. Rule. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's how you pronounce it. R e u. Yeah, I think so. Rule. Rule. I'll say rule. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Um, okay, so quick history okay. about the Hobbit. Super quick. Okay. Okay, so he uh, took a quick job. Well, I guess not that quick. Grading papers. Ew. Uh, he's super bored. Okay. Okay, super boring. Don't blame him. He apparently turned a paper over to continue reading, and the other side was blank, and he was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> this is so boring. Yeah. I'm so glad this person didn't continue writing. Yes. Um, and he wrote, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. That's awesome. Yep. That's super cool. And he didn't know what that meant for a very long time. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's super cool. Yeah. I like it. But I guess, uh, there was a dude in a hole. There was a dude in a hole. He, so he didn't know what a hobbit was? He hadn't developed the idea? I guess not. I I don't know if that means like he didn't know like what any of it meant or what it would lead to or any, I don't know. Or all of the above. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's how it began. Yes. Okay. So before we get like super into the first chapter, um, let's talk about how kind of the book is structured. Okay. So we have a narrator. Yes. Okay. And what is that narrator like? Well, the tone of The Hobbit, thanks to the narrator, is very playful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as, uh, well, maybe not as dark, I guess you could say, but not as mature as Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It is much more playful, much more light, much more whimsical, uh, but he is detailed. Mm-hmm. He gives a lot of detail throughout the story, and he keeps the story as it progresses, even when they're dealing with hardships and terrifying circumstances, it's still pretty lighthearted. Yeah. Um, and the narrator is not completely omniscient. Mm-hmm. There are details that are kind of left out a little bit. Even in the first chapter when the narrator is talking, there's some details about some of the characters, some of the creatures, things like that, that the narrator lets us know he doesn't really know about it. Yeah. He knows a little bit more than you, the reader, but doesn't mm-hmm. know a whole lot about it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes... He directly addresses the reader. Mm-hmm. That's asks, my favorite. That's your favorite part? I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. He asks the reader questions. Mm-hmm. Like, what is a hobbit? It almost makes me wonder if as Tolkien was writing, he was asking these questions to himself. That's true. Because it almost seems, especially at first... Uh, that it's being written and then the narrator goes, oh goodness, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, kind of. Hold on a second. That's kind of what it seems like. Yeah. 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 He has to go back and explain, oh, well, yeah, this is what a hobbit is. Yeah. And because he's been talking about it for several paragraphs, like, oh, I should probably tell you what these things are. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I, and I feel like, uh, how the, how you talked about how the narrator kind of, um, directly addresses the reader adds to the lighthearted nature of the story yeah it's like you're reading a story to your children yeah like you get you get very involved in it and then suddenly the narrator says something directed at you the reader and you're like oh it kind of snaps you out of it a little bit yeah it does it really does it makes you really 
sit up and pay attention like, oh, what is a hobbit? Have yeah. I ever heard of a hobbit before? And so on and it's so like, forth. Oh, yeah, I guess I should probably understand what a hobbit is. Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like you start picturing something in your mind when you first start reading it. Mm-hmm. And then he'll ask you, well, what is this? Oh, well, I guess I don't know. This yeah. is what I was picturing, but maybe I I'm guess, wrong. Yeah, what did I first picture? I don't even... I mean, there's no way for me to remember. I the first know. thing I remember is... Because uh, I had seen the cartoon before by um, Rankin-Bass. Mm-hmm. The Hobbit cartoon. The animated Rankin-Bass. Mm-hmm. I think it was came out in the 70s. And I saw it on TV one time. And so that was always my image of what a Hobbit was. Oh, okay. okay. Which are kind of funny looking little yeah. creatures. Yeah. Not as a Martin Freeman-esque. No. No. <laughs> no. Or, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, of course, we did chapter one and two. We did. So, let's quickly summarize first chapter one and review that. Okay. All right. So, in chapter one, we're introduced to really all of the major players. In the book. Really, yeah. Even, even if we don't like see them in person, per se, we at least know their name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have um, Bilbo, obviously. We have Gandalf. Um, we have Thorin, Oakenshield, and the dwarves. His company of dwarves. Yeah. Um, the major ones being like Balin, Dwalin, Keely Feely, mm-hmm. Biffer Buffer Bumber. Nori Ori, Oin Gloin. Dory. There's a Dory, oh, yeah. Nori, Ori, Dory, Oingloin. Yeah. I think that's all. Okay. Yeah. Did we yeah. get them all? Yep. Got them. I guess we'll find out if we didn't. We somebody will, will correct yes, us. Somebody will let us know. Yes. Um. So Gandalf visits Bilbo and mm-hmm. um, has that little good morning chat with him. Good morning. And uh, is not invited inside <laughs> at the time. At that time, but yeah. Bilbo does invite him back yes. for tea the next day. To, I feel to be polite. Oh, it wasn't yes. a genuine invitation. Agreed. Hobbits... He's like, let me just get this out of the way so this guy leaves. Yes. Yeah. Hobbits are polite for polite's sake. Yes. I don't think that I am. You are not. <laughs> Confirmed. Be like, am I? I? Don't... Um. Yeah. At least more so than you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. You would invite somebody into your house to be polite <laughs> long before I would. Be like, why it's are you? probably true. I'm sorry. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. If I could be anything in the Tolkien universe, it would be a hobbit. Oh, same. But not because of politeness. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just want to have an excuse to eat all day mm, and sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talk about yeah. your mother's doilies. Maybe. (laughs) I guess I'll do it if I have to. Yes. But so the dwarves then show up unexpected. Well, I'm sorry. Gandalf puts the mark on Bilbo's door. I don't know if I said that already. I don't think you did. Um, Okay. So the dwarves show up unexpectedly and they talk about their quest to Erebor. And sing wonderful songs about it. Yes. So many songs. There's so many songs in this book. There are. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then Bilbo, we see Bilbo kind of going back and forth between his bag inside and his tookishness. Yes. Uh, and it really struck me as I was reading, I feel like as adults, okay, mm-hmm. uh, we have this struggle a lot. I think you're right. You know, uh, the struggle between wanting to do something adventurous or spontaneous. Like a child. Like a child. 
um, and having responsibilities. Right. Yeah, it's true. You know? It's true. Um, so I felt like that was just very relatable. I think it is. And I I mean, I don't obviously have not interviewed J.R.R. Tolkien nor heard anything about this, but I think that might be what he was aiming at. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it, it really is a kid's story, but for adults as well. Yes, you know? absolutely. So anyway, so that's the quick summary. Very quick summary. As quick as we could do of it. Of chapter one. Yeah. And then, well, and then the dwarves leave and we pick up with Bilbo falling asleep, I think. And then in chapter two, he wakes up the next day. Yes, he wakes yeah. up the next morning. Yeah. yeah. He falls asleep determined to not wake up too early to make yeah. breakfast for the dwarves. Because oh, they haven't left right. quite that's yet. That's right. Yes. That's I'm not right. going to wake up early to make <laughs> breakfast for these people. How rude of a hobbit. Yes. Yeah. Gracious. Well, they did just raid his pantry. Yeah. I mean, I would be upset. <laughs> like, he didn't even have time to put away his favorite snacks. You know, like when I have people Aww. that come over, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to hide these <laughs> snacks. <laughs> Because these are mine specifically. So didn't have time for that. Yes. All right. So now let's dive in a little bit deeper. Dive in deeper. Okay. All right. So do you think that the movies did a good job depicting Bag End? I think they did a great job. It's homey. It's warm. Like you feel when you watch it, I feel like you just get this warm, comfy feeling. Mm -hmm. Like this is where you want to be. This would be a great place to just sit and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea mm-hmm. and relax. Yeah. And you imagine there's a lot of good food around and you can yes. find a good book and just seems like a really cozy place. Yeah. What do I you agree. think? No, I definitely agree with that. I think that um, how Peter Jackson portrayed it was exactly how I wanted it to be. Yes. How he portrayed the whole. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The uh, back end. But the only thing is that in the book, it does say that when you walk in, there's just one long hallway. Mm-hmm. And all of the rooms go off from there. And right. I feel like that's not the case. No, in the movie, it's a little bit more labyrinthy. Yeah. It's, it's, a, large, it's a large home. Yeah. There's a lot of rooms and a mm-hmm. lot of different nooks and crannies. One thing, real quick before we move on, sorry, that I don't think the movie did a very good job of depicting was, and it doesn't have anything to do with the whole, it has to do with Bilbo himself. We talked about how you see in the first chapter, Bilbo's going back and forth between the Baggins side, which is very reasonable, very logical. Yeah. No adventures, thank you very much. Yeah. And the Tookish side, or Mm -hmm. Took, where they're much more adventurous. They talk about his, his, is it his great Grandfather or great great grandfather bull Gra- roarer, double I think double great great grandfather yeah. bull roarer took, mm-hmm. um, who was an adventurer and was so big he could ride a horse. <laughs> and that's how golf um, was invented. <laughs> he hit the he hit the head off of a goblin and yeah. it went into a hole and the game of golf was invented. <laughs> um, but I don't feel like they do a good job of depicting that in the film. I think in the film he's much more bagginsy. Yes, I think so. They don't really show the took side until he decides to get up and run out of the door. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He seemed much more timid. Yeah. Whereas, in, yeah, in the book, it was very much, he almost leaned toward Took most of the time. Yeah, because the dwarves are talking about, I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but the dwarves are talking about him and he's like, 
excuse me, I, yeah. I couldn't help but hear you talking about me, and I don't know what you're doing, but I will do whatever you need me to do. Thank you yeah, very much. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I guess in the movies, he wouldn't have done that. No, he fainted. He'd just been like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, in the I movie, he passed out. Yeah, yeah. But Martin Freeman, still a good job. Yeah, great job. Yeah. We love you. Anyhow. Okay, so I... Uh, it jumps, so in that intro, you know, it jumps right in by describing the whole. Yes. Okay. And then slowly introducing the main character of the story. Yes. Okay. And so um, I feel like this gradual introduction really helps to pique your interest. Like, first of all, you have no, it. the first thing you hear is in the hole, there's in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Yes. A hobbit. Yeah, a single Just hobbit. A yeah. hobbit, you know? Mm-hmm. What's a hobbit? I don't know. Yeah. And then shortly after that, it's addressed as the hobbit. Yes. Okay, so then there's a particular hobbit mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And then we learn Bilbo. Mm-hmm. And then we learn Bilbo Baggins. Yes. You know, and I feel like that's a really interesting way to really hook a reader in. I agree. And I like it when... Um, in stories when an abode or a vehicle what have you some mm-hmm. something to of that nature is almost like a character in the story yeah and that's the feel i get from bag end mm-hmm. he the way he starts off describing it it almost becomes a character in the story yeah yeah agree just yeah, like it's the millennium very... falcon is a character in star wars <laughs> yeah i mean and Serenity well that's and the Firefly. thing you feel like you deeply know bag end even yes by the time you're midway through the first chapter absolutely yeah Yeah. and so you know how meaningful it is and you know what it means to bilbo and that comfort that it has yeah it's a big deal yeah um and then we have the the narrator drawing ties to our world in its description of hobbits right Talks about us as being the big people. We're the big people. They're called, their hobbits are half our size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hence the nickname halfling. And so that's like, you know, one of the only times that our world is kind of tied in. Yeah. When he talks about, well, even in Lord of the Rings, when he writes in Concerning Hobbits, he writes about them like they exist in our world. Yeah. We just don't see them yeah because yeah. they are skittish and don't want to be involved in the world of the big folk yeah yeah and so it's like this fantasy fantasy story and then all of a sudden you go oh wait this is our world yeah what is, you know makes you i don't know it's kind of cool it's in new zealand yeah. no i'm gonna <laughs> look out for hobbits yeah for sure everywhere i go all right and then moving on so then who is next that we see? Oh, after we're introduced yeah. to Bilbo, we're then introduced to a wizened old man mm-hmm. who shows up who is described as having eyebrows that are so bushy they protrude past <laughs> the brim of his great hat. Yes. Um, and it is Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf the Grey. And Gandalf means me, is what he says. <laughs> um However, he is not referred to as Gandalf the Grey in the book. No. He's just Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And the color of his clothing is never really described. Yeah, I guess... I mean, he had to have a, had an idea of what he was going to write in the future, right? 
You would imagine, but I mean, Lord of the Rings did come out yeah. quite a while after The Hobbit. That's true. But it did take him a while to write it. But he may have and had an idea. I guess there were changes in The Hobbit after Lord of the Rings came out, There too. was some retconning. So, yes. what are you going to do? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But he was not originally called Gandalf. Mm. What was his original name? Bladorthan. Bladorthan. Okay. Doesn't really roll off the tongue as well. Not so much. Yeah. Very interesting. I wonder why. I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what changed his mind. But Bilbo was not his first choice. Mm-mm. No. He makes a point of saying that uh, it's hard to find somebody to go on an adventure in these parts. It is. Didn't so he, he, he must wanted have a great, been trying. He yes. wanted a great warrior at one point, didn't he? Yeah. He said... Uh, Him that, being Gandalf. Yeah. He wanted a warrior, but they were hard to come by. Yes. Because they were busy. Yeah. They're <laughs> so, busy doing warrior-y things, I yeah. guess. But there was something about Bilbo. There was. That Gandalf liked. Yes. There was. And, I mean, what isn't there to like about Bilbo? You know? Yeah. I mean, really. And Gandalf was familiar with Bilbo's parents. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, and Bilbo knew of Gandalf. So he wasn't unfamiliar he in the Shire. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Bilbo, in their greeting, Bilbo does talk about, oh, you mean you're the Gandalf that used to do all those wonderful fireworks? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. How infuriating would that be? And Gandalf's like, well, I'm glad that at least you remember something about <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> Just my fireworks. Yeah. He does mention that he knows that Gandalf is the guy who used to show up to convince people to go on adventures. Yeah. And he starts to get a little excited, Bilbo does, and you see the took coming out, and then mm-hmm. he all of a sudden gets very yeah. st- Gets very serious again. He's like, but we don't want any of that here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Gandalf seemingly decided to come to the Shire in Mm -hmm. search of a hobbit. Okay. Um, Because a frontal assault on the dragon was not an option. Yes. Because if we had not discussed before, and I don't know if we're going to get into it here, but the dwarves are wanting to go back to their home of Erebor. Yes. Which is currently occupied by a giant dragon. Yeah. Named Smaug. And he is terrible. He is Smog the Terrible. He's very, he's, yeah, he's a big dragon. He's a big he's ancient dragon, yes. Yeah. So, um. So, yeah, you don't really attack dragons head on. Well, that and there were, um, I don't know, 13 of them. Right. You don't have a huge force. No. And. So, the dwarves were mostly miners. They didn't really have a whole lot of yeah, that's warriors true. among yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. But they, I mean, were they super experienced? Were I guess who? with Moria, they, you know. Yeah, and not all of them fought there. Yeah, not all of them did. But, yeah. Yeah. So frontal assault, but obviously. But still, 13 versus dragon, no. Yes, not exactly. Exactly. So they had to think of another option. They did, and a hobbit is a nifty option for a few reasons. Yes. They're quite small, mm-hmm. and they're quite stealthy when they yes. want to be. They can go unnoticed for the most part. Very much. And in Erebor, having mm-hmm. occupied it for quite a while, mm-hmm. Smaug is very familiar with the smell of dwarves. Yes. He could pick that up, no problem. He could smell a fresh yeah. dwarf coming from a mile yeah. away. Mm-hmm. However, very unlikely that he's ever experienced the scent of a hobbit. Very true. Mm-hmm. It seems as though, well, not seems, it's 
that hobbits don't venture outside of the Shire much. No. So not a lot of people are familiar with hobbits, period. No, we know there are some that live in the village of Bree. Yeah. And there are some that live in certain other little areas, but they don't venture too far away from the Shire. Yeah. So um, just to get a little bit further into it, uh, in why Gandalf chose Bilbo. Uh-huh. Okay, so we have an excerpt from The Unfinished Tales, The Quest of Erebor. Okay. Uh, do you want to read it? Sure, if you okay. would like me to. Yeah, sure. It says, I knew the Shire very well by that time, although when I met Thorin, I had been away for more than 20 years on less pleasant business. So naturally, th- I'm sorry, is this Gandalf talking? This is Gandalf, yeah. Oh, I should do the voice. <clears throat> yeah. Or I should attempt to do a voice. <laughs> I knew the Shire very well by that time, although when I met Thorin I had been away for more than twenty years on less pleasant business. So naturally thinking over the hobbits that I knew, I said to myself, I want a dash of the took, but not too much, Master Peregrine. And I want a good foundation of the Stolidor sort, a Baggins perhaps. That pointed at once to Bilbo. And I had known him once very well, almost up to his coming of age, better than he knew me. I liked him then, and now I find that he was unattached to jump on again, for of course I did not know all this until I went back to the Shire. I learned that he had never married. I thought that odd, though I guessed why it was, and the reason that I guessed was not the one that most of the hobbits gave me, that he had early been left very well off and his own master. No, I guessed that he wanted to remain unattached. For some reason deep down, which he did not understand himself or would not acknowledge, for it alarmed him. This is a long quote. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted all the same to be free to go when the chance came, or he had made up his courage. I remembered how he used to pester me with questions when he was a youngster about the hobbits that had occasionally gone off, as they said in the Shire. There were at least two of his uncles on the Took side that had done so. Oh, Thank you. I tried. Nice voice. Then it started to get long, and I was like, yeah, oh, sorry. Man, that's okay. <laughs> that was a long one. It was a long one. That's okay. So, this really points to Bilbo being more interested than he lets on. Oh, yes. Yeah. How Gandalf was saying he was unattached. Yes. And not just because that's what he wanted, but because he wanted that unattachment. Because. Well, maybe... Just in case. Even if he's not aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's something deep inside of him. Absolutely. And I like how he said that he wants a dash of took. Yes. But not too much Peregrine. Because that's who uh, asked him why he chose Bilbo. Oh, is it this one who asked? Okay. And so... uh, Oh. Yeah. Pippin is... He he would not have been... uh, Pippin's all took. He... Bilbo was the right choice. I yes. mean, Pippin wasn't around yet. but He was cautious enough yeah. on the Baggins side, but bold enough to do what needed to be done. Yes, yes. definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, so that's really what led Gandalf, supposedly, to Bilbo. Very good. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the dwarves. Yes. So the descriptions of the dwarves are much different than we kind of see them in Lord of the Rings, okay? They are, yes. Uh, along, we're, we're really seeing that playful side of the Hobbit. Yes. Okay, they have blue beards, yellow beards. 
tucked into their belts. Tucked into their belts. They're kind of funny. They're goofy. Which, yeah. I mean, the dwarves in Lord of the Rings are funny, but not... They're funny, but they're more... Not in a silly way. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're more... Yeah, they're definitely more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gruff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. even in appearance. Yes. Yes. Definitely. No No blue or yellow beards. No. No, 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 no. no definitely no. not. Um, and then Thorin was originally named Gandalf. No kidding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Gandalf was, what is it? Bladorthin? Bladorthin. Bladorthin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thorin was Gandalf up like for a long time. Wow. Yeah. For a very long time. Um, so we are introduced to Thorin quickly. Yes. As none other than the great Thorin Oakenshield himself. Almost as if the reader, you're supposed to know who this guy is. Like, listen up. This is the Thorin Oakenshield. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. You almost feel... When you read it, you're like... yeah, of course. Should I know who this is? Yeah, (laughs) Of course it's Thorin. Yeah. I know. Um, So, though we don't know anything more than that. No. And then it quickly moves on. Yeah. But there's the great Thorin Oakenshield himself. Again, it's more... By all means. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's like he's we're being this story's being injected into our own world yeah and thorin is a famous person that you should obviously know yeah yeah yeah, exactly um i like that though no i agree i like that i think that it moves the story along well and uh i mean as we taught you know you know just enough yes to keep you going exactly you know uh, and then the dwarves do lots of music and singing. Yes, they do. Just like uh, we talked about and loved uh, mm-hmm. all of the broken plates. <laughs> and That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Love that one. And yes. then they quickly turn a little bit darker. They do get song. a little bit darker. Yeah. Darker, yes. Absolutely. Darker. Yeah. I was darker. doing an accent. Yep, darker. Um, yeah, they do, quick, they do quickly turn darker. And then it tells us in the story that is... Bilbo is sitting listening to the dwarves sing of caverns old mm-hmm. and misty mountains and dragons and dragon fire. Something tookish woke up inside him. And I love that that's a uh, an adjective now. Tookish. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So just this, the adventure, the um, adventurousness, is that a word? Is building sure. up yeah. in Bilbo. Yeah. He knows he needs to go. And I love that by that point, too, in the story, and we're not far in, we know exactly what that means. Oh, yeah. Tookish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know exactly what that means. Yeah. Again. You know that that means he's getting he's getting excited. Yeah. And that's something cool about that abrupt introduction to just literally everything. Yes. And what that does. You know? You see something Tookish woke up inside of him. Oh, I... He's feeling adventure. Yeah, he's ready to go. Done. I know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. But then every now and then the Baggins part creeps back in. Yeah. I mean, as it does for everyone. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're always reminded of how ordinary and proper Bilbo is throughout the oh, book. Oh, yeah. Like, we'll see that. We'll see how um, even when he's doing things, we're, we're constantly reminded about how ordinary he is. Oh, absolutely. Um, which I like. Yeah, like when he goes out, finally, he's upset because he doesn't take his normal walking stick that he normally would <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And he's just kind of huffing about. I left without my handkerchief. Yeah, yeah. And he's just kind of huffing around and 
They're like, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to fight a dragon. Handkerchief's not going to help you. <laughs> I but. think, uh, I mean, as we talked about, I think that, you know, something Tookish woke up inside of and draws to that adult reader. A yes, lot. absolutely. That the draw to the extraordinary, um, despite the need almost for the routine of everyday life. So really that, oh, yeah. that fight in everybody. Yeah, I think everybody wants, you want comfort mm-hmm. and, you know, you want to have a normal life that mm-hmm. seems like what you want. But people, I think, still deep down want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's drawing Bilbo. Yeah. But then he's shaken out of that very quickly when danger gets up. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets real. As I will. As I as I would. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I might die. Cool. So have a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So we know there's there's 13 party members yes, at first. 13 mighty dwarfs. 13 mighty, that's brave right. Brave and strong and true. They're marching, marching on. There's Kelsey's With childhood coming out. goal in view. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank, All right. Thank okay. you. There's You're your welcome. There's your 15 minutes there of fame. There we go. Okay. So um, why do they need a 14th man? Uh, they needed a 14th man for luck. I mean, it makes sense. 13's an unlucky number, right? It is, I guess. <laughs> I just think that it's so basic. You know, I, I love that it's so basic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's way bigger reasons for needing Bilbo and oh, Gandalf's sure. ulterior motive through, like, everything. Oh, yeah. Literally for everything. Sure. yes. But, yeah, for luck. For because luck. it is unlucky to have 13 men. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, you know. Do what you got to do. Yeah, I guess. They wanted another, they wanted a warrior. <laughs> but they got, and I think it's Dwalin who says he look. He looks more like a grocer than a burglar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grocer. Yeah, this guy does you. not look like a burglar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so then I think, I think that this would, this question would apply more so if you are familiar with Lord of the Rings and everything, mm-hmm. and then going back to The Hobbit, okay? Okay. So why would somebody like Gandalf be so interested in just these 13 dwarves wanting to um, get their gold back? You know, yeah. like nobody likes dwarves. Let's be real. No. Okay. Humans don't. Elves um, definitely do and, not. And mostly because they're so greedy. They, yeah. And so why does Gandalf, why is he so interested? You know? Yeah. In the beginning, I mean, we don't know. Yeah. But we do find out later on. It definitely plays a large part in Tolkien's magnum opus, Lord yes. of the Rings. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So um, again... From Unfinished Tales, The Quest for Erebor, uh, we have a <laughs> um, large... An essay. An essay. Are you going to... Is um, it Gandalf again? Yeah. Are you going to... Uh, Is it going to voice? annoy people if I do the voice? No, I think it's wonderful. <clears throat> All right. Here, here we, we go. go. I don't think this one's as long. Little boo Baggins. All right. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So it says... That is why, to jump forward, I went off as soon as the expedition against Smaug was well started and persuaded the council to attack Dol Guldur first, before he, the necromancer, attacked Lorien. We did, and Sauron fled, but he was always ahead of us in his plans. I must confess that I thought he really had retreated again, and that we might have another spell of watchful peace, but it did not last long. Gandalf has really good grammar. <laughs> Sauron decided to take the next step. 
He returned at once to Mordor, and in ten years he declared himself. Then everything grew dark, and yet that was not his original plan, and it was in the end a mistake. Resistance still had somewhere where it could take counsel free from the shadow. How could the Ringbearer have escaped if there had been no Lorien or Rivendell? Mm. And those places might have fallen, I think, if Sauron had thrown all his power against them first, and not spent more than half of it in the assault on Gondor. Well, there you have it. That was my chief reason. But it is one thing to see what needs doing, and quite another to find the means. I was beginning to be seriously troubled about the situation in the north when I met Thorin Oakenshield one day. In the middle of March, 2941, I think. Is that Shire Reckoning? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is? Oh, there you go. I heard all his tale, and I thought, well, here is an enemy of Smaug at any rate, and one worthy of help. I must do what I can. I should have thought of dwarves before. Hmm. Gandalf man, puppet master. Gosh, he knows exactly what's going on. He's pulling those strings. Exactly what's going on. So he was getting concerned about Smaug. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very powerful force. Because we saw, as he said, the necromancer. Yes. Um, and... Who is Sauron. Yeah, if... but they didn't know that at first. No, they did not. Um, and he was afraid that... Sma- or I'm sorry, Sauron would mm-hmm. recruit Smaug. Gandalf was because, concerned, yes. Because Smaug was very powerful. Oh my goodness. Incredibly. Like the devastation that he could cause. Oh, quickly and yeah, easily. Very, very easily. There, You don't mess with dragon fire. You don't mess with dragon fire and dragons have heavy plated scales. Yes. Almost impossible. They're almost impenetrable. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost. And almost. Smaug is an ancient, well, for those of you familiar with like Dungeons and Dragons stuff, um, there's different levels of dragons, and Smaug would classify as an ancient mature dragon. Mm-hmm. So he is just gigantic yeah. and monstrous and powerful, and it's, yeah, almost suicide. Yeah. To go, suicide for pretty much anybody to go up against yes. him, unless you're very well organized and maybe have a hobbit. And um, a nice black arrow. We will get there. Yeah. Okay. We will anyway, get there. I'm sorry. Yeah. We. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, did he really want to help the dwarves um, reclaim their gold? N- no. That was a secondary goal. Yeah. Like maybe. Okay. A cool. Like now. Secondary goal. Third and di- tertiary. Tertiary goal. Yeah. Um, but. Well, he made uh, powerful allies, I think, by doing so. Um, In the dwarves? And, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You don't think so? Well, I don't... Okay. I don't know. Like, thinking about Lord of the Rings, I mean, there's like... Gimli. And he does a lot. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, the, the real ultimate was to kill Smaug. To get him just off the table for oh, yeah. everybody. He wanted to take that piece off the table. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, do you think that's... I mean, Smog would have... Would you think he would have fought for Sauron? Yes. You don't think that he would have just stayed asleep for a while? I don't think so. Yeah, I think... I mean, think about how I guess power, it depends how much gold Sauron has. As Sauron grew in power and influence, I think it's very possible. Yeah. He could, I mean, he could persuade anybody. That he could have recruited Smaug with power and riches. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Anyway. So, I don't know. So that's really what we learn in chapter one. Well, and a little bit more. But that's what happens. Yeah. And the dwarves come. Bilbo's a little miffed at first. Well, throughout the experience, really. I would say them. do they, they try to recruit him, but I don't think that they do. They don't do a good job. <laughs> no, I don't think they try. Well, because the dwarves already assume he, I think he's yeah. been recruited. Oh, yeah. Very true. Very true. Gandalf is definitely playing some games. Yeah. Yeah. There's no sign on my door. I just painted it yeah. <laughs> yesterday. There is a sign on the door. I put it there myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that's so, yeah, the gist is, and it's a long chapter. Yeah. This is a long, the first chapter is long. Second chapter is quite a bit shorter. Yeah, about half as long, I yeah. would say. And yeah, so the dwarves show up at Bilbo's home because we went into a lot of background there. Mm -hmm. So just a quick review. Gandalf encounters Bilbo, says, you're going to go on an adventure. And Bilbo's like, no adventures, thank you very much, and leaves and says, but you can come to tea tomorrow if you want. And then all of a sudden these dwarves show up and Bilbo has 13 dwarves in his home with Gandalf. He's feeding them all. And then all of a sudden before he knows it, he is tied up in an adventure. Yes. Yep. Well, not yet. Well, it's getting there. Because at the beginning of chapter two, uh -huh. uh, he first has to do all the dishes. Well. He has to clean up. He does. As a, like any as type a, a, a Baggins, as a Baggins would. That's the type A part of yes. his personality That's is the, the Baggins. Baggins coming out. Yes. Um, but yeah, so he sees that they all made breakfast very quickly. Yes. Um, and left. And yes. left a huge mess. Thorn, by the way, likes fried eggs, not poached. Oh. Just with his ham. Just FYI. Oh, with ham. I don't know why <laughs> people do ham for breakfast. It can be good. Okay. Anyways. I don't know if ham's good anytime. <gasps> for shame. Why? Ham is wonderful. Uh, like when? Give me the time. Like a, like a honey-baked ham? I mean... Oh, it's I'd prefer fine. that a thousand times over turkey. Well, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. For the glaze. And just for the general taste of ham. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's my opinion. It's fine. Anyhow. It's fine. Okay, so quick summary, chapter two. Ready, go. Adventure begins. Roast Mutton is the name. Is the name of the chapter. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So the adventure begins. They depart. Gandalf leaves. Yeah. He kind of takes off. Nobody knows. Because he's got other wizardy <laughs> things to do. Yes. Which Gandalf does this a lot. Mm -hmm. It's kind of almost a Merlinish quality of him. He's well, there I, to advise and yeah. to help. And then he's like, all right, bye. I got to go somewhere else. I feel like they should know about that, though, because if Gandalf was going to be with them the whole time, they would have 14. Oh, that's no. probably true. You know. That's probably true. Um, and so the adventure starts, they're traveling, and they encounter trolls. <gasps> yeah. Which are not very, very nice creatures. No, not at all. And also kind of dim-witted. Yes, very much so. Yes. And uh, ultimately Gandalf returns. All right. Is that it? Is that the only summary that's, you want me to do? I mean, that's really sums it up. Well, a lot of stuff happens yeah. in between. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. But we'll get into it more. But okay. that's basically what happens in Chapter 2. Yes. Um, so, as of right now, we see, going back to the beginning, 
-hmm. we see just how clueless Bilbo is as far as what this adventure entails. Right. Okay. Uh, But also maybe that's for the best right now. How clueless he is? Yeah. Like if he actually knew. Oh, yeah, for sure. If he actually knew. uh, In fact, page 30 in my book, Mm -hmm. quote, I'm awfully sorry, but I have come without my hat and I have left my pocket handkerchief behind. <sighs> Those creaturely comforts, man. Yeah. Um, and to that, they just kind of shake their heads. I think Gandalf says something like, you'll need more than a pocket handkerchief or something. I don't know. Or you'll forget about pocket. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something smart Alec. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. They leave on a morning just before May. Yes, they do. And within a few paragraphs, it's almost June. Yes. So originally when the story, when the adventure sets out, probably because there's a lot of walking time, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Time passes. That's a lot of walking. That's a lot of walking. <laughs> if initially, time passes very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it ends up slowing down a little bit. But in the beginning, it passes quickly and is uneventful. Yeah. It just is like... They walked through these lands, and they it became slightly less inhabited, and then it was desolate, and yes. then it's June. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I always love about <laughs> Bilbo, because, I mean, I do this, really. Me too. Uh, Bilbo always tells the time of day by meals. Yes. Like after tea time, after second breakfast, surely we need supper. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Yeah. When I go places, even places that are fun, I want to know when we're going to stop and eat something. Yeah, like what... Everything about this trip is revolving around food. Let's just be clear. Yes, it's making yeah. me hungry thinking about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I love that. I do too. It just gives so much... Everything that Bilbo does is just the cutest. Yeah, he's he's a funny guy. He's a, just a cute guy, you know. He's like, oh, in a little sweet soul. In some ways, he's you in the story. You're yes. just kind of discovering things along with him. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Yeah. Just like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like what's what's going on? I forgot my my hat. Yes. <laughs> can I like, can oh, I go can I go back real quick? I or, forgot to pack this. I forgot my tissues. You know. I need to run to Walmart real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very true. I guess that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Bilbo is us because he's clueless. We're clueless. Oh, yeah. We don't What's know. What's happening? We don't know the dangers lurking yeah. around the next corner. Yeah. This guy has no idea. And, you know, sit down and read the book with a good meal. Mm-hmm. For tea time, second breakfast. Indeed. Elevensies. Yes. Yeah. Afternoon so. tea. Mm-hmm. Supper. Dinner. Or dinner, supper. Um, okay, so then when, so as you said, the time slows down, mm-hmm. and um, they see a fire in the distance. They do. Okay, they're kind of running out of food. Yeah. It's getting low. <laughs> they Bilbo's very concerned. Packed poorly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, well, it's a bunch of men. You would you imagine know? dwarves would have do? a healthy appetite, But and Bilbo definitely does. Yeah. Um, and so they told Bilbo, because he is, in fact, a burglar. He's the burglar, quote unquote. Yeah, to go check it out. Yeah. And I just thought it was really, I don't know if uh, this is like a thing then or something. I thought it was funny when he was told to hoot twice like a barn owl and once like a screech owl. 
if Bilbo ran into trouble. I think they were just screwing with him. Oh, I think so too. And he probably he took it seriously. Yeah, he's like he's like, oh yeah, okay, for sure. Barnell Screech. <laughs> what does it sound like? Yeah, yeah, like what exactly does that sound like? Yes. Um, don't send us an audio file if you want to try that. That sounds. Don't like- send us one. Well, I mean. I guess it's just a hoot. I say please do. Yeah, okay. If there's actually Especially a Especially if it's a screech. Oh, there's a difference. Have you never heard a screech owl? I mean, I would imagine it's, it's a, screech. a screech. That's correct. Good like, job. Like that? I don't or? know. Hopefully yours no? is better than oh. Kelsey's. <laughs> oh, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about trolls. Okay. Let's talk about because trolls. Because this is really the main part of this chapter. It is. Yeah. And it is our first encounter with non-free peoples mm. of Middle-earth. Yes. Because before true. this time, we've got wizards, we've got hobbits, we've got dwarves, all nice, mm-hmm. sort of normal fantasy creatures. And they're I'm part sure of they the... saw men, too. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. As they stopped to maybe get supplies and whatnot, mm-hmm. and were just traveling down the road, they probably did see some men. Um, and so now we encounter trolls, which mm. are our first sort of monstrous creatures yes. that we see in Middle Earth. And they have very normal names, however. Yeah, they do. Bert, Tom, and William. Yeah. I love Bert. <laughs> Bert. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love the trolls. They are so funny. They are pretty funny. Yeah. They're comical. You they're, don't want to be near them. But... No, they're scary and mean, but they're dim-witted almost to the point of being lovable yes yeah yeah exactly except if you're in a sack yes they like to catch things in sacks yeah that would be really scary i'm picturing burlap sacks yes that's what i'm picturing also simply because that was what was done in the play oh so gracious (laughs) and we know that is the truth it's true yeah it's definitely true yes um, and what are we told about trolls and dwarves? Trolls simply detest the sight of dwarves hmm. that aren't being cooked. Yes, that aren't, that are uncooked. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And we are going to see in this narrative regarding dwarves so, with many inhabitants of Middle-earth. So there are many different races in Middle-earth that dislike dwarves. Yeah. I think it's because dwarves are very insular. They only want to be around other dwarves, and they're proud. worried about getting their money. Mm-hmm. They very want that proud. treasure. Oh, they're very proud. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're a very proud race. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Yes. And how do the trolls speak? So they speak Cockney. 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 Bert. Get me filleting knife. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Uh, it when i when i read more about this it was kind of interesting because cockney is um like city speech yes they're city dwellers londoners yeah. yeah and um you would think with trolls you know um being out in you know kind of the middle of nowhere in, in the, the mountains yeah. yeah that that would not really be the type of speech attributed to them yeah um i suppose it's because even though i love it i love cockney mm-hmm. and i like it when people speak it i suppose the um thinking behind it is that it's unrefined yeah oh yeah agreed and he also 
you have to keep in mind that Tolkien also wrote this to read to his kids. Very true. And in speaking Cockney, it would be a little bit uh, more relatable one. Probably. probably. He probably made it kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then Bilbo got into trouble. Uh, be- Shocker. <laughs> because he was wanting to prove himself to the dwarves. Yeah. So I he mean, saw what was going on. Yeah. And decided, well, I can't go back with nothing. Exactly. Well, listen, Bilbo, there's three huge trolls. Yeah, but he's... The dwarves already don't think he's a real burglar. And so because he's, he's got to... Well, I know, but he's got to prove it to them. It's just funny to me how, um, you know, he doesn't want to be a burglar, but then has feels like he has to prove himself it's, over and over. It's that tookishness. Know? Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Um, So he gets caught. He does get caught. He gets caught... And he's missing for a while. Yes. So yeah. the dwarves, they don't hear those hoots <laughs> no. or those screeches. No. But they come looking for him. Yeah, they do. Which I appreciate that. Good on them. They came to look for him. They did. They were and worried about him. I don't think him. that anybody liked him. I mm, I think that there were probably some that probably did some of the like younger, him. Probably some of the younger ones. Like he's Feeling a good-natured Keely. fellow. Yeah, that's true. He's likable. Yeah, he's a likable guy. But yeah. yeah, but enough to like save from three trolls. But I don't think they knew that at the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They probably just came to check it out. Yeah, they ask they when they <laughs> when they when they catch Bilbo, they ask him what he is, and he starts to tell them that he's a burglar. Yes. He says, I'm a burr hobbit. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're like, what's a burr hobbit? (laughs) Are there more of you out there? And he's like, many, uh, none. (laughs) And they're like, what does that mean? Many, none. And then here come these dwarves. Yes. And so the the trolls are kind of lying in wait for them. Yeah. And start snatching them up. And they all get caught. They do. Thorin puts up, he, he he gets far. He gets Thorin farther does. than the others, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, because he is the Thorin Oakenshield. He is. Okay? He's a little yeah. bit older and smarter than yeah, some of the others, is. too. No, yeah. very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, so then we see, uh, so they're caught. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we see them trying to decide how to cook the dwarves and the burr hobbit. They do. Yeah. They originally want to uh, roast them, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And... It's kind of funny to read at first. It's very funny. Because you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Because you're seeing this argument between the trolls because they're disagreeing on how to cook them. Yes. And then they finally agree on something and then another troll says, no, we should do it like this. And then they fight again. Yeah, they start fighting again. Yeah. Um, And you don't, as a reader, you really have no idea what's going on at first. Yes. Um, but who is it? Well, there is a voice out there in the forest mimicking the voices of the trolls. Yes. And the trolls are too dumb to realize mm-hmm. what's going on. And it is one Gandalf. Yes. Who has returned and he is messing with the trolls. Yes. He's trying to get them fighting each other, distracting them to delay them and get time. Yeah. Yeah. Because Why? Well, 
it's nighttime and the sun is coming up. The and what happens to trolls when the sun comes up? Well, for trolls, as you know, must be underground before dawn. They must. And that is a direct quote from our narrator. It is. Again, implying that we should know this already. Yeah, it's things that yeah. you should know. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And then you you just think to yourself, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're think, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, yeah, that's something I should know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so then they delay too long. The sun rises and the trolls turn to stone. Yes. And they're still there. They are still there to this day. Yeah. If you can are. find them. You can find them. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so then after that, uh, they decide, well, there must be a troll cave around here. Yeah, I think okay. Gandalf suggests to them, like, there must be a troll cave. Yeah. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. They're like, absolutely. There probably is. Gold? Duh. Exactly. You know? um, so then they're trying to get into it, can't figure it out. Then Bilbo's like, well, I found this ring or this this key. Yes. So great job, Bilbo. It's his first big win yeah. he has a as big a member of there. the party. Yeah. He actually stole, as a burglar, the key. He did. So. After almost getting everybody killed. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there, what what do they get in this cave? Clearly a lot of gold. Yeah. They find the troll cave. They find a lot of gold and a lot of gems. But they also find some really cool artifacts. Mm -hmm. In fact, they are of elvish make that yes. we will find out later. Yeah. Gandalf finds a sword called Glamdring. Yes. Also known, I believe, as the Fohammer. Mm-hmm. This is a magical elven blade. Gandalf is very proud to get this. Thorin also finds himself a really cool weapon called Orcrist. Mm -hmm. And Bilbo gets Sting. Yes. We come upon these names later, but yeah. I mean, these are pretty legendary weapons. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But at the time, I don't think it's considered... Bil I don't think Bilbo's weapon is considered legendary at the time. No. It's like a dagger for a normal like a... <laughs> size person, but it's a sword for him. I think it's kind of described um, almost like a steak knife. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it's like it's a letter just opener. Very, yeah. Very small. Very fancy letter um, opener. For everybody else other than hobbits. Yeah. But for him, it's like kind of a little sword. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So real quick, uh, fun fact. In the original manuscript, uh, they were also supposed to find their key... To the lonely mountain in the troll cave. Really? Yes. Um, Tolkien, rightfully, thought that they should stumble upon it in their journey. Uh, because the idea that Thrain, uh, Thorin's father. Yes. So Thrain was um, in the prison of the necromancer. Yes. When Gandalf found him. Right. Okay. So the idea that Thrain was captive in the necromancer's prison but was able to, you know, just keep a map and a key on him, uh, was a bit unbelievable. Makes sense. But alas, it was changed to be that way. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if we mentioned, but it is in the first chapter that Gandalf produces a yes. map and a key yeah. to Thorin mm -hmm. to find Erebor and to get into the mountain. Yeah, because there's a little secret little secret passage That's that only big Thorin enough didn't know about. For people dwarf size yes. to get through. Yeah. And so it's so small that Smog would most likely not even know that it's no. there. I think it's described so as five feet wide and three abreast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So very small. 
Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. That is that very they were interesting. Just, you know, oh, here's a key. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, that's Look more believable that. than Thrain having it. Like, you think that they didn't take away stuff? Well, I mean, when you think about it, who works for Sauron? The necromancer. Orcs. Yeah. Did they really pat him down well? I don't know. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I Fair have no enough. Idea. Fair enough. All right, so as we wrap up the chapter, yes. um, we do see a glimpse of the dwarves' greed. Yeah. Because they take as much as the ponies can, can carry for them. <laughs> yes. And they literally go and they bury the rest and um, cover it with spells and curses <laughs> so that nobody so that nobody else can find it. Just in case there's the slight chance they might come back. Maybe. You never like, know. I'm sorry. If you're going to get all of that gold back, why do you need why do you need that gold? Because because you're a dwarf. Either they're gonna it's get what their we gold do. but either they're gonna get their gold back or they're gonna die. Oh gracious. Like, you never not... know. It's a future investment. I guess. I just thought like, oh yeah, there's dwarves for you, you know? <laughs> I think about the movie in that scene when he's like, um, you know, it'd be a shame, you know, if somebody else stumbled across <laughs> this and somebody's like, agreed, <laughs> Dory, get a shovel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they bury it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, for sure. Anyway, Absolutely. and so then uh, you talked about how Gandalf leaves and comes back. Yes. Uh, so what does Thorin ask him? Thorin asks him where he went. Yeah. And Gandalf is very vague. Yes. As wizards Just are. Just like a wizard. He's a wizard. He comes and goes as he pleases. Yep. A wizard is never late. <laughs> he arrives precisely when he means to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he says, where did you go? And Gandalf does say to look ahead. And why did you come back? Because he was looking behind. I'm going to start saying stuff like that to people. <laughs> Wizards speak <laughs> in gonna riddles. going to see how quick I get punched in the face. <laughs> Gandalf always speaks in riddles. Yes. Yeah, very true. Because I think he knows that there needs to be progressive revelation. It's not going to do good for yeah. them to know everything up front. Yeah. There's a little bit too much to handle up there. Yeah. And they don't... What what Gandalf was doing wasn't really their business anyway. No. So... Technically, no. But Thorin thinks it is. Yeah. Well, of course he does. Thorin he's is a very... Thorin Oakenshield. He's a very self-important fellow. Yes, yes. Very much. And we get the first mention of a legendary location in Middle-earth yes, in Chapter 2. What is that place? Rivendell. Sure is. Yes. Gandalf mentions that they should be there in a couple days' time. Yes. So, and he saw some friends. The last homely house. Mm. Oh, love Chapter 3. Yeah. A short rest. Chapter 3, it is cool. Yes. So, with that said. Yes. Do you have anything else to add about Chapters 1 and 2, first of all? Uh, no, not particularly. I think we covered it fairly well. I'm trying to think if we left out any significant details other than I, we forgot to mention in chapter one about the map and the key. Yeah. But we came back to it. Um, I think, no, I think we're good. All right. You? I think we're good. All right. Well, with that said, uh, go ahead and read chapters three and four. Yes. For next week. Absolutely. And we will cover those. We sure will. We're very excited. Yes. 
I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Kelsey looks really giddy right now. Yeah. It's a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll continue the journey on social media um, on Instagram at the fig pod. You can email us at the at gmail.com. Become a patron over on patreon.com forward slash the fig pod. And of course, find our merch and our new merch over at TeePublic by following the link in our bio on Instagram. And please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General podcast. See you next week. See you next week.